Hello and welcome to Grand Canyon Echoes, the voice of District 3 Toastmasters. Good afternoon, District 3. This is your podcast host, Don Griffith. I'm here today with David Hopper, the District 3 Club Growth Director, and a very special guest all the way from Mexico, Violeta Rios who is our region advisor. Hello, David. Hello, Don. Hello, Violetta. Hello, Don. It's great to have both of you here, but especially Violetta. Violetta and I met in Mexico a few years ago, and I have fond memories of her taking good care of me when I was visiting down there. And she has been assigned to be the region advisor. We'll talk more about that later. But first, I want to talk about Violetta's early Toastmasters experience. Those of you who are steady listeners know that I like to ask our guests about their beginnings in Toastmasters. So, Violetta, tell us about that very first Toastmaster meeting. My very first Toastmasters meeting was a demo meeting for my company. My boss, who was the HR manager, wanted to set up a corporate club, and it was focused mainly for our managers and directors. So I did the logistics, I sent out the invites, I made sure everyone who now I know were division leaders made, made sure they had all the information regarding Toastmasters. So I was just watching the show from the back. I didn't know what was actually going on, I just heard a lot of people clapping. And the minute my boss approached me, she said, you're joining. Like, what, what am I joining? What are you talking about? And she had mentioned everything about Toastmasters, but it never really hit me that it was going to be something that I was going to be directly involved because my position in comparison to the others, it was very junior. Even though I was a communication manager, I could not compare to the operations managers. So because of my position and my role in the company, and this was a communication project, I was voluntold to become a part of it. And where was that? That was in Hispanic Teleservices. That was a company that was bought by Teleperformance many years later in Monterey. What was the name of that club? That club was named the Morning Toasters. We would meet on Thursdays at 7 o'clock in the morning. And one of the things that we loved about that club is that we had breakfast there. So by the time the meeting ended at 8, everybody had already had breakfast. We had a wonderful meeting and we were ready to start the day. My home club beats at 6.15 on Thursday mornings. So I understand that completely. It's a great time. Yeah. Now, when was that? When was that first club? Oh, wow. Uh, that was 2005. Okay. That was a long time ago. Yeah. 14 years. <gasps> yes. 14 years. It's been a while. You're a Toastmaster veteran. I did take a three or four year break. Okay. So there was a little break in my membership. But yeah, if you look at the official records, it does say I'm a member since 2005. So once you got over the shock of being told this is what you're going to do, how long did it take to get settled in and, and get comfortable with, with the Toastmaster way? Aside of the, the corporate club that was uh, focused on management, we had like a speech craft project and it was ongoing. And this was more focused for supervisors and more junior positions. So that where we groomed them, and if they were ready, 
they would join the big kid club. We started with that club or that project, I think it was four months after we chartered the official club. And it was actually with that project that I fell in love with Toastmasters and what it could do. Um, With with Morning Toasters, it was, you know, listen to speeches, provide feedback, table topics. But when I really fell in love with it was watching the junior physicians actually embracing their roles and becoming better each time. That's where it finally hit me. David, I know I've had you on the show before with the rest of the trio, and we were talking business at that time. Tell me about your first Toastmaster experience. So my first Toastmaster experience actually comes from my corporation. I work for University of Arizona. And we had a meeting. Uh, Mark St. Ange, many people may know he's a Toastmaster, and we had a meeting about anybody who wanted to be a leader. And they said, if you want to really be a leader, we're starting this new Toastmasters club. And didn't really know what it was, hadn't heard about Toastmasters, but I definitely wanted to be a leader in the organization. So I rushed over to the sign-in sheet and signed up and hadn't even gone to the meeting yet, get an email from Mark saying, hey, we need uh, speakers for the first club, first meeting. So I actually signed up to be one of the first speakers. Never been to a Toastmasters <laughs> meeting in my life and was one of the first speakers at our club. Uh, definitely really nerve-wracking, but at that point, I'm one that once I decide to do something, I go in all the way. So at that point, I was in, and I started working the program. We, our club was President's Distinguished the first year, and I was one of four members in eight months to get a CC in eight, uh, 10 speeches in eight months. Great. So, like you said, once you decided to do it, you, you went in full steam. No half measures. Uh, I, once I decide to do something, I go in all the way, all and, the time. And when was this? This was five years ago. The club's been five and a half years ago. Okay. And in five and a half years, you've advanced through the various office positions, and you're now a district leader? Yes. So I've, I've been an area director. I've been a division director. I'm now club growth director and hope to move on at some point in the mm-hmm. future. We'll come back to how, how things are going with the club growth director a little later in the show. Violetta, you are the region advisor. There's a lot of people in Toastmasters who don't know what that is. Could you fill us in on what it is and what you do? I like to use an analogy when I'm explaining to district leaders what a region advisor is. And the most appropriate one I found is what an area director does with clubs, we as region advisors do with districts. That's the general explanation. Aside of that, we are the facilitators during the district leader training and mid-year training for the members of the trio. So we do a lot of facilitation. Uh, We do reporting because every month we do a conference call or a peer call with the groups we work with. We work with the district directors, with the program quality directors, with the club growth directors, and also the public relations managers. And we're there for advice and support for the district leaders in case there is a certain situation they need to sort out or they're struggling with whether it be a a club charter or something training related. Mm -hmm. So basically that is the general aspect of what a region advisor does. So you're a resource to the district trios, the three top officers in every district. Mm -hmm. You're there for them. That's right. 
And you all have the same goal, which is to make the districts successful. And actually, one of the first things I did with them was work with the district success plan. Yeah. And there will come a time throughout the month that we will get together uh, to see if the plan is still ongoing or if we need to take a, a moment, analyze and maybe readjust. Yeah. Well, that's what any good plan does is mm-hmm. you make a plan with the best intentions and with the most information you have. And then you check on it as you're going. That's right. Maybe it's, it's still current and our goals will be the same. Or maybe we just need to adjust and adapt to our new circumstances. Okay. So we've mentioned the word region and districts. I think most of our members know what a district is because they're in one and they hear about it through emails and our newsletters and so forth. But what is a region in Toastmasters? So Toastmasters groups our districts in 14 regions. We belong to Region 3, and we cover uh, District 3, which is Arizona, uh, District 5, which is San Diego, Yuma, District 16, which is Oklahoma, uh, 23, El Paso, and New Mexico, 25, which is North uh, Central Texas, 34, which is South Mexico, uh, 55, which is South Central Texas, and 113, which is North Mexico. That's right. The Mexico District 34 split recently. I say split. They divided because they had gotten so large that they needed to become another split into two districts. We reformed the district two years ago. Mm -hmm. And how did that go? It was interesting. Yeah. And it was not a project that was born out of the blue one day. It was something that when it was my opportunity to be district director... I reviewed previous district success plans, and it was already there. And they had mentioned the challenges, and we were still facing the same challenges. So I spoke to two past district governors, who are my mentors, said, what was your original plan? They shared uh, their vision. They were very similar, although they they needed to be tweaked. Uh, We spoke to Toastmasters, and we asked them, what do we need to make this happen? So the first challenge that we received was increased club quality. And they told me, once you get the district to at least 60% distinguished clubs on both sides, then we'll probably think about it. So it took a year to get the district to that level. Uh, When I was program quality director, we took District 34 to 57.85% distinguished clubs. And we got the green light. We said, you are really close. You might do it this year. Uh, The reformation had a complete committee. We took everyone into consideration. We did our travel analysis, our finance analysis, and it was in the best interest for everyone across. There had to be north and mm-hmm. there had to be a south. Right. And we had uh, key cities in each district, but one of the things TI asks us for is also who are your potential leaders. Right. So it's not just, all right, let's split the cookie and each one has a, a piece. No, we need to leave the district very well prepared and with the at least a pool of leaders that will eventually step up into leadership. So the year after I was district director, it was a, it was a trio of five. There right. was one district director, two program quality director, and two club growth directors. The year after that is when we officially split, which was last year. Right. Well, one of the reasons I ask you about that is that District 3 is not ready for a reformation quite yet, but someday we will. And knowing that process and knowing how other people have done it will be very helpful. And I hope that at that time, you'll be able to advise our leaders at that moment. 
you know, some of the things that happen and some of the practical problems to be solved. When we were thinking about reformation, we approached Australia, who had recently also reformed into two districts, and they shared their challenges, including uh, the opening ceremonies ritual of, well, who's going to carry the flag? Mm -hmm. Because when it was just one district, well, it was easy, just, you know, one flag, one country, no problem. But now that it's two districts, who takes the flag and how do we figure this out? So it's mostly a gentleman's agreement or a very respectful agreement. You'll take the flag this year. I'll take it next year. And that's the way it goes because that's the way Australia did it. I think if one day uh, the districts in Region 3 get close to the 250 marker, the first thing I would recommend is club strength. Mm -hmm. And it's something I've told uh, every single member of the trio. I know we want to be distinguished. That is our dream. But if the district is stronger at the end of the year, I will be very happy. So, David, you and Violetta have been quite busy today. What have you been up to? So, we started this morning. We visited a club officer meeting with Walkie Talkies, uh, one of the older clubs in the district. I think they are about 35 years old. So, then we met with Lisa Raymond, the public relations manager, and we actually met with uh, Karen Hewitt, who is the social media chair. We had a conversation with them. After that, we were visited Casa Cubics, which is one of our new clubs in the district, and we had a banner ceremony with them. Fortunately, the banner didn't come in, but I will share, I got a text message while we're on this podcast that the banner came in this afternoon <laughs> after the meeting. Yeah. And then we met, were meeting with the club extension team, which is Nancy Duckett and Holly Adams, and now we're having a podcast. And then later tonight, we plan on going to another club. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you were able to carve out a little time for for me and the Grand Canyon Echoes podcast. What kind of challenges have has District Three had that you've been able to use Violetta to help with? So after dues renewal, we had a large drop in clubs. A lot of clubs have not uh, have not paid. We started the year with uh, 208 clubs. I'm happy to say we've actually chartered 10 clubs this year. Well, nine, and we've got the last one. 10th one with paperwork in. But unfortunately, even with that charter of 10 clubs, we, we started the year with 208. We now only have 201 paid clubs. So we had a large drop in clubs. Mm-hmm. We've lost quite a few clubs this year. And she's been helping with that a lot. I know that's also been typical across the region. Uh, so we had a phone call with her after after the dues renewal, and a lot of people were very bummed out because they saw a lot of the clubs dropped off, sure. and, and she was very supportive with that. I'm glad you've got Violetta on your side helping with that. That's always been a, a struggle, just losing clubs. We don't want to lose any. And it, and it can be very deflating. You're working hard. You, you want to grow the district. You want to go to the clubs. You want to increase quality. And to see clubs uh, falter and have hard times. Mm-hmm. And with 200 clubs in the district, it's very hard for one person to reach out <clears throat> to all these clubs and be there to support it. Uh, if I could, I'd go to every club and be there at their meetings and try to support them. But it's, it's just not reasonable. Well, and that's not really what you ought to do as the club growth director. You're a manager. You're not uh, expected to go to every club. But... What you are expected to do is have a team that can go to every club that needs to hear from 
you indirectly or the district leadership as a as a body. And that's where the division directors come in, the mm-hmm. area directors come in, my club extension team comes in. I have club assists, which helps with coaches. So I do have that team, and right. I have a really excellent team. Do you have vacancies? That would you, could you use more help on your team? We can always use more help on our team. <laughs> what kind of help do you need the most right now? So we've been able to charter a lot of clubs this year, but unfortunately, a lot of what we've been chartering are corporate clubs, which meet at lunch on during the day, mm-hmm. and it's hard to find members to go give demo meetings to those those clubs, just because it's in the middle of the day. So anybody who's wanting to be a mentor or a sponsor to a club, we can reach out to my club assist team, which is Nancy Duckett. Uh, club assist at aztoastmasters.org and she is always working looking for good members to go to these clubs and help out and then eventually to become mentors and sponsors for those clubs mm-hmm. and make sure that they grow and they get off on a good foot give nancy's address again so nancy's email is newclubs at aztoastmasters.org great i've also heard that we have a number of clubs that are on the that are fairly small and need coaches what is the nature of a coach position? What what does a coach do? So a coach is an experienced Toastmaster. And when I say experienced Toastmaster, I mean somebody who's been in Toastmasters, been in a good club, knows what Toastmasters is about, and they're able to go into a club that is struggling or has low membership and help them out. Clubs that are 12 or less members are qualify for a coach, and they can have up to two coaches. So you can actually bring your friend from your club, and you, you can go in and help a club. It's one of the requirements for a DTM. It's both in, in the legacy traditional program and in Pathways. If you're currently coming up in Pathways, this is a great time to be a club coach because a lot of members are focusing on the legacy, but there's a lot of opportunities right now for Pathways. Great. Violetta, speaking of pathways, how has Region 3 been doing with uh, getting on board with pathways? It's really interesting. Uh, Our club officers are almost fully on board. We're about, at region-wide, we're around 87%, which I'm very proud of that number. We could be doing better, but 87% is good. Um, members that were part of Toastmasters before June 1st, we're around 75%. Here is where I am concerned. Across Region 3, we have about a 56% with new members. And we're talking about members that joined uh, Toastmasters after June 1st of this year. Hmm. So it mean, it's an opportunity where either it's the Vice President of Education or the Vice President of Membership we need to work a little bit harder on getting the member enrolled right. in Pathways. Right. Um, I've done a couple of analysis with the program quality directors, and we've actually been able like to target out who is exactly missing. But of course, a couple of districts are doing a few incentives on if your club is 100% enrolled in Pathways, there will be this. It's, it's a work in progress. I think mm, everyone is focused on getting those legacy awards out of the way, and then they will focus on pathways. But I also believe, and this is just theoretical, it's not, I don't have a fact right now, most VPEs are still not embracing pathways. And how can you get a new member enrolled if they're not believing in them? Sure. 
Well, it is, again, a, a growth process. Anytime there's anything new, it takes a while. So we have a natural period where we're learning and we're, we're getting up to speed. We will get there. Yeah. I, I strongly believe that we will get there. Um, most of our district leaders are savvy on Pathways. They are fully embracing it because they are, are already through with their journey in the legacy program. But I also understand that there are members that just want to wrap it up before they move on. Sure. And I've had in my own clubs a few members who just struggle a little with the program, with the either with the computer interface or they're not sure of the flow. And I go out of my way to try to help them and just show them. And they'll, it's fun to watch the light bulb go on and say, oh, well, that's not so hard. I get it now. They have their aha moment. Yeah, that's right. That's right. What's happening in the big wide world of Toastmasters International? We've talked about the district. And we've talked about Region 3, which is the Southwest. What's going on internationally right now that our readers might want to know about? Is there a convention this well, year? Well, our international convention will be in Paris. Aha. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I think it's the first time, or at least what I remember, it will be the first week of August. We're usually uh, accustomed to having co- convention be around the 20th and coming back on the 28th. But this year, well, next year, we will be in Paris around 4th, 5th, or it's the first week. So the International Convention in Paris, August of 2020. Start saving now, folks. Oh, yeah. Get your reservations in. That's going to be a blast. Like all international conventions, I think David can agree with me. The first time you go to an international convention, you are blown away. But if it's your second or your third, it's more like a family reunion because you get to see your friends that you haven't seen in a year. You only keep in touch by social media or maybe via phone. But at the convention, especially if you're bonded with other district leaders that are in the same journey you are, it's that big family reunion. Today is Friday the 13th, and I consider it a lucky day to have a chance to talk to both of you. Tomorrow, we've got another district event. David, what's happening tomorrow? So tomorrow, we have the Toastmasters Leadership Institute, what many officers may know as TLI, and that is where officers go to get trained. Uh, we do it two times a year. It's, it's required by Toastmasters International, but it's, uh, it's also, we allow any club member to attend. And it's where you can learn how to become better officers, better Toastmasters, and help your, help your clubs. And the reason why we uh, encourage any officer to attend, not just officers, any member, is because maybe you want to step up next year. Maybe you want to be one, an officer next year. This will give you a chance to look at what they do what that role is all about, and really give you a chance to, to be prepared for that role. Yeah. Violetta, I understand that you have a part in TLI tomorrow. Of course. What will you be doing? Sharing more secrets. Ah. Would you, would you share one of those secrets with our listeners? I'm a little bit nervous because I will speak of one of my favorite topics, but also because... It will, I will be in the presence of someone that has joined me and that in my journey as a leader. I will be talking about mentorship, and one of my mentors will be in the audience. So it's kind of like having one of your parents in the audience watching you do, you know, the, yeah. the show and tell. Are you going to tell us who that special person is, or are you going to let it be a mystery? I might let it be a mystery for tomorrow. Ah, so 
this podcast will air after that event. So those of you who were there and you're listening, you'll, it'll already have happened. But we'll find out who the mystery mentor is. Yep. So Violetta, when do you return home? Um, I go home on Sunday. Great. I have a few days here with, with my boys in District 3, and I get to meet the amazing teams that they've built throughout the year and hopefully see if I can be of any advice, support, service, whatever they need, or if I can be the one to take the, the petition and yeah. say, what do you need? And let me see if mm-hmm. I can go and get it for you. Yeah. Uh, usually my district visits are have been weekends, but that's because that's when TLI gets scheduled right. or any other district event. I was lucky David prepared a complete agenda. And it was it's really interesting when you see a solid established club run an effective officer meeting, which we had the opportunity this morning. And then you see those sparkly bright eyes of the brand new members. And I think one of our officers today got a little bit emotional. I think, or I don't know if it was just my impression, but because they had their CEO there, they had the remote members online. It was really special. But I think what made the event more special is we didn't just have the new members there. There was this complete backbone of support that was there with David. It was the division director, the area director, uh, the spons- the mentors, if I'm not mistaken. And then his growth team was also there. So it gives the new member the experience of, I'm not embarking on this journey alone. There is a lot of support. Right. And we, we won't fail, which is something I consider very special for a brand new club to know. Because you might think, well, this is brand new and I'm all alone in the world. And they're not. They have a solid team right behind them. Well, it's great talking to you today. We've been talking with David Hopper, Club Growth Director, and Violeta Rios from Monterey, Mexico. That's right. She'll be returning home on Sunday. And it's been a fun, fun discussion. It's been educational for me to hear what's going on. And I hope that all of you out there enjoyed the show. David, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Don. Violetta, thank you so much. Thank you for having us. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Grand Canyon Echoes, the voice of District 3 Toastmasters. To volunteer to be featured on the podcast or to suggest future topics, write podcast at aztoastmasters.org. That email again is p-o-d-c-a-s-t at aztoastmasters.org. Toastmasters International and all other Toastmasters International trademarks and copyrights are the sole property of Toastmasters International. This podcast is independent of Toastmasters International. It is not endorsed by, sponsored by, affiliated with, or otherwise connected with Toastmasters International other than for the use of the name Toastmasters International.